I didn't even get the irony of this until now. And this whole, everything I have here is about hearing. And I can't hear. I mean, I can hear a little bit. I mean, this is the, this, I, I don't, I'm not prone to ear infections or things like that, but I got one now and um, set up with a uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor. And, and the earliest they could work me in was in, you know, at the end of the month. So I'm just going to do the best I can. And so, but this is about hearing. And it's about hearing God. Another interesting thing is that when the worship time was over, I asked Jennifer, where did that come from? I mean, was that part of the worship set? And she goes, no, she just said, God. And so... I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of think I'm supposed to do this today, so I don't know. Um, in any case, we're going to start. Oh, and all the scriptures today are going to be New International, except for one, and there's a reason for that. So, <coughs> the first scripture is from 1 Samuel 3.1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Now when I say it's about hearing, there's something in in the Bible where hearing and seeing are not that, I mean, they're, they're different, but when it's about God, they kind of all come together. Um, now, at that time, when Samuel was uh, a boy, there had not been very many, uh, well, in fact, the, <coughs> uh, I apologize for the coughing <coughs> that is going to take place, but there were not many visions. I mean, that was what, that was what 1 Samuel 3, 1 said, but soon there would be. And Israel would complete the conquest of Canaan, the land of the covenant under David and Solomon, and God would be glorified, the enemies of his people defeated, a kingdom established under David, a prophet king whose household would produce the king of kings. So, he was in a time that we would call a pretty dry time. <coughs> 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 
Sorry. <clears throat> That's in 1 Samuel chapter 3. What's going to happen after that is the beginning of a lot of things. But it's going to be a, the beginning of a critical point in history. <clears throat> so, it's going to go from presumption, I mean what we're supposed to do, to obedience with the word of the Lord. So there had been a lot of training, and God had spoken before, but it's been some time. <clears throat> now, what I'm going to get, what I want to do here is I want to look at something, a little word study. And it's Proverbs 29, 18. And this, for this, I want to go to the King James Version. And the main reason I want to go to the King James Version is that the, the way it's interpreted or the way the English words they use where there is no vision, the people perish. Especially that first part, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now when we think of something, when we think of vision, we're usually thinking of somebody with some insights or some um, aspirations, you know, or a worthy goal. That's not what this word means. In fact, this word is not used very often. In fact, the Hebrew word is uh, kazon, which kind of sounds like a pizza sandwich or something. Anyway, <clears throat> There's no L in there. But anyway, and what that means, that's the word for vision, a dream, a revelation, an oracle, a vision. And in this case, it's not, it, it's, it's clearly separated from the idea of, you know, a, a worthy goal. It's actually the voice of the Lord. It's the voice, the picture, it's the whole thing. Now, the word perish is para. Now, if I give you an English spelling, that's not how it's going to be in Hebrew. You know that, right? I mean, they didn't use a Roman alphabet. So, But anyway, um, hang on a second. I can tell I'm going to need this. And as I don't mind being emotional, but that's not what that's not what that is. Okay.
Well, what that means is, <clears throat> okay, its most primitive root means to loosen. Uh, there are a lot of words that come from it that mean to expose, dismiss, or figuratively to absolve. Um, it also means to make naked, set at naught, perish, refuse, uncover. Now, for some reason, and let me say this about the King James Version. The King James Version is about as accurate as you can make a Bible. I want to make that clear. The problem we have with the King James Version is we don't understand a lot of the words anymore. So we do these, you know, we do these. There are a couple of things we've learned that may make a difference in how something is translated, but they worked really hard. And they took, let's see, 1504 to, I'm sorry, 1604 to 1611, and I think they had 53, 55 scholars. And they took the whole thing, the whole Bible, that had already been translated, and they wanted to make sure they had the best translation. So what they come up with is where there is no vision, the people perish. <coughs> so the idea here is, is that, or where there is no, you know, I mean, where there is no vision, the people are uncovered, they're naked, but they perish. And the idea here with perish does not mean they all die. We're all going to die anyway, but that's not the point. Um, <clears throat> that the idea is that they're, that what they were keeping hidden becomes more clearly visible. So the idea, and that of course is from a wisdom book. Proverbs is a wisdom book. Um, and it, this kind of displays a, a common theme. Uh, if we look at Exodus 32:25 Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control and so become a laughingstock to their enemies. Now that's NIV. Um, in King, King James it says Moses saw that, it, uh, that the people were naked. And again, that's that same word. So, the idea here is, is that it's, 
it's little more than the fact that they were getting out of hand. In fact, you know, when you get right down to it, um, God had to kill a bunch of them. That's, it. That's, not his, that's not his preferred mode. Or at least I don't think it is. So, and some of you will remember, well, I don't know, let's see, if anybody was here, who was, yeah, probably Clay, Cindy, my wife, Jim, Patsy, y'all may remember this, but it's, it's from Job, I'm not, you know, I, I, okay, I know you know what Job is. But uh, in Job chapter 33, there's uh, a series of, uh, I don't know, there are a few verses. And uh, who were the, okay, who were the guys who were counseling Job? Does anybody remember? I'm sorry, what? I, I'm, I'm, yeah, this isn't a quiz. I don't know the answer. <laughs> um, but there was one that was not in that group. And, and so a little later on, he, he comes in. Huh? Elihu. Was that what you were saying? Okay, I, yeah, I... I'm telling you, that's how bad my hearing is. <laughs> Main point that I want to make is he's not one of the three. He's not one of the three who's been going since the beginning of this book. Um, you know, what have you done? How have you brought this on yourself? Um, so what he, what he has here is he goes to Job and the other group and the other group there for God does speak now one way, now another. Is that starting to ring a bell? Anybody? Though man may not perceive it in a dream in a vision of the night when deep sleep falls on men as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings to turn, men, uh, to turn man from wrongdoing and keep him from pride, to preserve his soul from the pit, his life from perishing by the sword. Or a man may be chastened by on a bed of pain which with constant distress to, in his bones. Now, he's still kind of following the previous, you know, previous argument, but he's going, you know, you don't necessarily know what, that, what it is. But the thing here is, uh, oh, excuse me, 
We can hear his voice. We can feel the pain. But what he desires to communicate is mercy, grace, and his purpose to us. And he'll do what he needs to do in order to do that. Um, I'm not an expert, but I have been a believer for, let's see, what's 2023 minus... 1972. Anyway, that's how long I've been a believer. Huh? 51 years. All right. <laughs> that is impressive. Um, yeah, and I mean, and before that, I, I was certainly aware, you know, that he was he was around. But um, in any case. I knew that when Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, I said, what was that, John 10, 27? Um, I know them and they follow me. Um, I knew that. I mean, I wasn't, at that point, I wasn't questioning whether there was God or not. I, I pretty much knew there was a God. <coughs> but, and I also knew that there was a close identity or affinity between the believer and the shepherd. And I... Well, I don't know. I was kind of wanting to be, you know, kind of wanting to be my own boss and to do my own thing and all of that. But <clears throat> through a series of events, which I don't have time to go into now, I was really shown that that is not the case. I mean, I could be my own boss. And I knew, you know, but I knew what the wages of that would be. <coughs> so, <coughs> that brings us to Acts 2. We're going to start with verse 16. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, if you want to see what Joel had to say, you can go to Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and following. Uh, but he's explaining now that this is when that comes to fruition. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, 
and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, this started off with, but this is that. You know, this is not where we recite it again and hope the day comes. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 18, and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and notable day of the Lord come. So that was the day that started. That was not the day of the Lord. At least not to my reckoning. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is true. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, we have periods of not hearing, not seeing, very much. And then we have periods where there's a super abundance of things to see, to see and hear. <coughs> And then, I mean, if we go back 2,000 years, and this is, you know, we're still in the season of Pentecost. If we were to do that, we would see that there have been ages of pouring out and ages of withholding. And I don't know God's plan in this. Usually when you're in the midst of a, a pouring out or the tail end of a pouring out or something like that, you tend to think, well, you know, we must have been doing something wrong. Maybe, maybe not. But it's... Nevertheless, for 2,000 years, we've had a time when there would be times when the, the Lord spoke plainly and clearly, or there were times when the Lord perhaps spoke not at all. We don't know, and we can't control that. We have, and I read Facebook, and we have on Facebook these days, somebody you know, says, well, the Lord's going to need to come soon because things are so bad. Well, he may need to come soon. 
or not. I mean, that's just our interpretation of when he's going to come. I mean, it says here that... Um, Okay, and I will show wonders in heaven, above, in, in heaven above and signs in earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, etc. And, you know, I, I think we've had worse times. But it doesn't mean we're, he's going to wait until we've got the worst of times. It's just that we just don't know. So, what do we do? We do what little Samuel did. And we, what was the word? Presume that he meant what he said, that God meant what he said. And we obey that. And then, when the time comes, that's as ready as we can be. Now, can we do that? One of the things, and I'm not trying to get on anybody's case, but one of the things... that we need to be careful about, that's all I'm saying, careful about, is that we want the next move of God to be like the last move of God. And that's just not my historical reference. I mean, he's going to do what he's going to do. And he may not do anything at all. I mean, as far as we can see. But if he does, odds are that he'll be doing it. It'll be something new. It'll be something we don't necessarily know or understand. Now, am I saying by this that Jim should lay off his bringing, you know, singing these songs and bringing these things and praying for No, I'm not saying that at all. I am saying that while we do that, we need to keep our eyes open, keep our spirits open, keep our ears open for something that God, something new, and if, again, if history is any indication, we'll be the ones of most offended. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. However, um, that's, that's what I, you know, I, I don't know how to be prepared. But I'm saying that that is, that's my best guess. Take it or leave it.
So, what can we do? First of all, we can we can adjust, we can okay, we can say, Lord, I want to hear you now. All right, I want to hear you. I, I mean, say, I mean, whatever you've got to say. <coughs> say it. I mean, I'll weigh it. I'll try to come up with something, you know, but say it. Tell me. Anybody ever watch... WKRP in Cincinnati when it was on or, or later or reruns or anything. Because I remember when Johnny Fever, you know, the hippie DJ who was, you know, always pushing the boundaries, had an encounter and he believed that he heard God. And everybody's going, wow. What did God say? He wants me to be a golf pro. And if you know anything about Johnny, you know, favor, that is not. <laughs> I mean, of course, you know, that all turned out to be something else. But, I mean, even if he says to me, at my age, I want you to be a golf pro. I at least want to look some stuff up on the internet and say, what's involved in this? I mean, it's kind of a young man's game, I understand. But right now, more than anything else, I want us, this church, to be engaged in I don't want us to be just engaged in waiting. I want us to be engaged in what's the right term for it? I want us to be engaged in active waiting. And so what I'd like to do is just pray a prayer. And you can pray along with this if you like. You can, or not, I mean, it's up to you. But I'll finish with this prayer. Dear Lord, we don't want to miss what you have for us. We don't want to discount anything you say. We want we really want to engage in what you have for us. But mostly, we want to engage in that so that we can be a blessing to all the others, to all the believers in the world. So in that in that spirit, we want to accept your 
voice, your vision, your, your hearing. In Jesus' name, amen. If 